Hello, and welcome to Carried Away. I'm your host, Carrie Murray. As the founder of the Bra Network, the Business Relationship Alliance, I have met some of the most inspiring women working as entrepreneurs, freelancers, founders, executives, and creatives, and I want to share their stories with you. So let's get carried away. Hey there, joining me today, I get carried away with Tanya Newbold. Now we are going to get carried away about something that affects millions of women, postpartum depression. We're going to learn about how she supports and works with women experiencing that, but also how she funneled her own experience into a documentary, When the Bow Breaks. Now let's get carried away. Well, let's get carried away, Tanya. I would um, love to. I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. Uh, we met so long ago at one of our quintessential events that we have with Bra Network, and that's Women on the Rise. Tanya was a guest with Liz. Um, having no idea what what you were coming into. Um, it was so you're on my website because my photographer took a great photo of you. What I'm dying to know, what did you think after that event, having no idea who I was or what you were attending? You came in so, like gangbusters, like, let's do it. <laughs> I am happy to share that. It was I remember it was at Fig and Olive. Yes. And that's the one that I came to. And I have to tell you, I was so impressed by you, so impressed by Bra, so impressed by the women that were present. These women, it's very important for women to realize there are women out there that really want to support you, to lift you up, as you say, Bra, and to be there for you. And Carrie, you're such a beautiful representation of that. And I really want anyone listening in right now to perk your ears up and pay attention because there are so many negative things happening in the world and out in the world, the last thing you need is to be around people that don't have your best interests at heart or aren't there to support you. So I remember when I came to that, I remember taking pictures by your beautiful flower, like coming in and Jessica Brandy was there with me also. And we walked around after and we talked about you and about how amazing your network is and how far and wide you reach. And I was really looking forward to doing more and, you know, time slips by COVID happens, yeah. but I was so grateful that I got reconnected to you through Liz and I could not be happier to be a part of the Broad Network. I'm very honored to be there. Oh, and we love your expertise that you share. It's such a great refreshing breath of air when you come in because you're very good at saying it's all right to be vulnerable. It's all right to be, you know, feeling scared. I'm here for you. You really can cr- just take the air in the room and create this safe environment. Oh, um, thank you. So I appreciate that. And I'm so glad we got connected through that, through Liz and reconnected after COVID. I think everything happens for a reason. And I know that there was a reason we needed to get closer now during COVID. Amen. Not to mention, I walked by your house many times <laughs> on my walk around the neighborhood when I was not living at my house and I would go up and go around. I'm like, hi, Carrie. <laughs> Tanya and I are neighbors. That's right. So tell me, Tanya, at 10 years old, if I asked you, what did you want to be when you grew up? What would have you, because I don't think you would have said a postpartum spiritual guider right. or a jewelry maker. Maybe you would have said a jewelry maker, but what would you have said? What would 10-year-old Tanya say? Well, interesting point on the jewelry maker. I will say I had a rock collection growing up that I coveted. I would look at my pretty little rocks. I love sandstone because it was sparkly. So that is funny when you look back and you think, huh, I collected rocks. 
And now I'm a jewelry designer. At 10 years old, I really wanted to be an astronaut. That was my big, big goal. <laughs> I At five, it was princess, which I very quickly realized. Yeah. Uh, but I will say actress was in there. And so astronaut, as time went by, I realized was not going to happen. And I actually started in college to be a nurse. Oh. And very quickly realized my heart Really, I was being called to come out to California and be an actor. I grew up in Michigan. I'm from England. And that's how it started. Oh, I love that. So my answer would also be astronaut. <gasps> yeah, my answer would be astronaut too. Um, but then I learned like, you got to know a lot of math for this yeah. job. <laughs> and you had to like confine spaces, like no and no, I'm not doing either. Of no and no, yeah. hard no. No. <laughs> I love that. So came to California to pursue acting. Um, was the jewelry bug always with you? Um, or were you just like, I'm set on acting. This is what I'm, I know you did a lot of films. Yes. So bravo. So how did that develop into where you are today? Well, it, it came out here doing modeling pageants, uh, shocker and, um, the acting. And as time went by, like you get to be 30 and you think you're going to model against an 18 year old. And that's, mm. I remember being in the room going, you're done. Uh, and that, and, but I was fine with it. I felt like I'd done it. So no problem. And I actually, my husband, who's wonderful. I've been married to for 24 years this year. He was like, can you get a job and you get a job? I'm like, I am a ma, model, actress, whatever. And so I very quickly realized I needed to participate in my marriage and maybe bring in some money. I ended up getting a job in the corporate world with Sebastian International doing beauty sales. I am a natural born salesperson and I love beauty products. So it was a good fit at the time. But what happened was I've always had champagne taste, even when I was on that beer budget. And I would see beautiful jewelry that I could not afford. So I was like, well, maybe I can find a way to make that. I still do that today, but that is where it began. I really was making for myself. And then I would have people say, oh, that's pretty. Where'd you get that? Well, I made it. Can I buy one? And I'm like, yeah. And that's <laughs> literally how it started. And here I am 20 years later, over 18,000 followers on Instagram, a booming business that I absolutely love. And I just realized something else very interesting recently. I am a horrible meditator. I might tell you, you should meditate, but you asked me to sit still and I'm like, laundry. Oh shit, forgot the cream. I mean, it's, <laughs> but I also learned, and this is really important for people to know that meditation can be, it can be a hobby, an event. It could be painting, gardening, for me, it's making jewelry. I will sit there and bead the smallest little beads and I could not be happier. And I love creating. It's my meditation. Wow. That's, you know, and I have to say, so for everyone listening, please check out Tanya's jewelry. It's beautiful. Tell us where really quick, where it's, we can find it. You can find it Del Pozo Jewelry. So it's D-E-L space P-O-Z-Z-O jewelry or at Del Pozo Jewelry on Instagram. And it's delposojewelry.luxury if you want to go to the website. It's fancy. And what I think it's, it, what's unique about your jewelry is the stonework. Is I don't know if they're crystals, if they're stones. I, I don't stones. know, but I've never seen anybody use them in a way that's so striking. And oh. they are these statement pieces that are just like, 
oh, where did you get that? Like yes. they're gorgeous. So I think you. really, really proud of that. It's not your run of the mill, you know, go into Nordstrom's and find like a great piece of jewelry. It's very unique and very stylized. And I think it's really, really incredible. Um, I, I got a few you. bracelets from you, yes, you that have. I gave to a couple of girlfriends and one to my daughter, which to this oh. day she wears almost every day. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You know, that's the one thing that I think touches me more than anything is that so many people that I'll even see years later and they'll say, remember, I bought that piece from you. I still wear it. I still get compliments. What an honor. I design for me. I design for my eye, what catches my attention. And I, and I'm very quick to know what I like. I've been doing this for a long time. I'll go to the Tucson show and I am up and down those aisles so fast. I'm like this one, that one, this one, I, I know what I like. So I'm very honored that other people feel the same way. That's so for anyone listening, that's also trying to get into the jewelry business mm. or creative field you know, going to shows and everything, what would you say, what would you say to your younger self as advice when trying well, to a jewelry line? Cause that's not easy. Product-based no. business is, are not easy. It's so competitive. It's so saturated. Although I think you have cornered the market on really special, unique pieces. What would you advise someone who's just starting? I appreciate you asking that because I actually wouldn't have done it much different. And I'll tell you why. First of all, do what you love and, but be realistic. If you cannot make a living at it, do it as a hobby to begin with. And if it's meant to grow from there, it will. I started out in glass beads and very inexpensive rocks. I took wire linking courses. Here's the beauty about today. If anyone wants to get into this, go on YouTube, learn how to wire link, learn how to do silk knotting for pearls. There are so much that is available. Find a Zoom teacher. You don't have to, like I used to have to drive an hour over here and go to this class and maybe learn something. So it's shifted and that we have so many more tools available and pick things that make you happy. Like you, if I would have started off buying the types of things I do today, I probably would have bottomed out because I wasn't there talent wise. I wasn't there financially. And I started very small and worked my way. I look at inventory. When I moved, I literally got rid of 10 boxes of stones that I was like, you will never use this. The faceting's not good. This isn't the quality you, you grow and you change. And I kind of think like with anything, if you love it, you're meant to do it. It's going to continue to happen. The second it doesn't make you happy. Don't do it anymore oh, or find out why it's not making you. Yes. Yeah, such good advice. Also, I love that you said that jewelry making is your meditation. Uh, for me, I also struggle with meditating. I feel like I'm opening one eye, like what is everybody doing? Okay. Oh, okay. We're supposed to be quiet, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm the same way. And I have to tell my brain, not now, not now, just be quiet, just be quiet. Yeah. So my form of meditation is actually dancing. Uh, I can put on music and I can just dance and I just feel so refreshed and everything and it feels good. So I think it's really smart in what you said that meditation looks different for everybody. Right? It truly does. And it's funny you say that about dancing. Guess what I did right before I clicked on Zoom? I put on a song and I dance and I do it to raise my frequency and my energy so that what I'm bringing to the table is I'm like, hey, Gary, how you doing? <laughs> But that I agree with that 100%. Meditation, I learned this from if you ever want a phenomenal 
intuitional teacher. Her name is Jennifer Schaefer. And she's one of my mentors. I've learned so much from her, but she just was talking about meditation. It's not about turning off the mind. It's about dropping into the heart. So whatever drops you into your heart space for you, it's dancing for me, it's beating. That's meditation. That's when your mind can be free and you might get messages or thoughts and ideas that you wouldn't get when you're in your brain because we're, we live in these monkey minds that keep us very busy and also very disconnected sometimes from what the universe has to offer us, right? 100%. 100%. You're so, so right. Now when, okay, so now you're making jewelry, you're contributing, you're like with your husband, are you still acting during this time or you're just like, oh yes, honey, I chased that ball as long as I could. <laughs> Are you still pursuing it or you're, just- you know, I'm not pursuing it. I'm, I'm a very good actor. I'm very, I've studied for a long, long time and I absolutely love doing it, but it got to the point where for me, I grew up enough that I'm like, I don't want to have to wait for you to give me permission to do what I love. And you know, you so much heart and soul and actors. I love you. And I adore your commitment. I have friends that are still so committed to this day. And you know, your husband's in the industry, the amount of work you go through just for an audition, just for a first call. Then you get the second call, maybe the third call, then you test and then you do, Oh, sorry. They didn't want you. I mean, it is an unbelievably hard business and I don't know, it, it can appear very glamorous, but what it took to get to where that is, is a lot. And I love doing it. Um, and the last movie I did, I had a ball. I got great billing and, you know, it, it, it was by Universal and it was wonderful. And then things kind of just didn't happen after that. I remember I auditioned for a guest role. And when I, I was supposed to cry in it, and I'm very good at crying, just so you know. And I worked so hard on it that I wore myself out before I got there. You've heard this story before. Turn around, no tears, nothing wasn't happening. Get out of there. And I gave it my all. I cried for the next two and a half hours by myself. And I thought, this isn't normal. And this isn't healthy. Maybe you should look at doing something else. And the and I made my decision then that I was no longer going to actively pursue it at this time. But the funny thing was, I saw that show. I could have been the best actor in the room. Yeah. I did not look the role. I would not have gotten cast for that role. Mm, gotcha. And that's the thing about, that's hard about acting. And my daughter, who's 14, is now like, ooh, I think I want to do, you know, she's been doing, you know, like school plays and musicals and everything. And now she wants to pursue. And I was like, you don't, and I really think it's very, very harder for women than it is for men in um, any kind of acting, theatrical, television, production, any of it. It's so, women are scrutinized so much more than men are. And I just don't have the heart to be like, okay, well, people are going to talk about your weight and the way you look every day you go into a job and no other job is that a consideration. Well, and it also teaches you to be very myopically focused, correct? It's all about me and the way I look. No, I don't look perfect. Oh, I ate pizza. I gained weight. It's not not for everyone. Some people are very healthy about it, not diet-wise, but they just have a healthy mind around it. It teaches a lot of negativity towards oneself. And it's a shame because each and every one of us is perfect just the way we are. And each and every one of us has the right to thrive as we are. And it's very hard for people because you're getting judged constantly. You're not getting picked. 
Why is that one getting picked? Why isn't that me? It's very hard. It's very, and it's not about the craft, right? The artistry, Correct. the creative side, which is very much my daughter. She's very creative. Once this, I mean, she's singing in the, the halls of Target while we're, you know, picking up paper towels. And I'm like, oh, I love okay, her. this is not a stage, but, um, but it can be yours. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. Enjoy. Push the cart. Let's go. Like, <laughs> so, OK, so we go through acting and everything. And then what brought you into postpartum supporting women with postpartum depression? I have to tell you, when I had said daughter, um, I can remember three weeks in. I was coming off of Percocet. I can preface it by that. Coming off of some pretty hardcore drugs that I had no idea were um, highly addictive. Um, but feeling that withdrawal and then hearing her cry and being like, and just my breast just being like, no, we can't feed her. No, you're not going to be. And just like trapped and never feeling more alone, never feeling more scared. And it wasn't until a girlfriend of mine was just like, that might be postpartum. She called it the baby blues. Um, and I was like, oh, what is this? And so I'm curious how this transition happened to how you're supporting women, creating a documentary, because I want to know about that too, about this kind of like silent thing that happens among new moms and moms of like one and two-year-olds. Oh, apps and, or it can be moms who were fine with child number one, not child number two. There's no exact rhyme or reason. And when I have my daughter, very similar three weeks in, I also had um, trauma uh, when mm -hmm. she was born. I have a very, very hard time with anesthesia, any medication. I almost died. I mean, you and I talked about this the other yeah. day. Um, so I have a hard time. And I'll never forget the nurse 35 years in said, I have never not been able to get someone back to baseline for six hours. I was violently shaking, throwing up. And then they bring a baby and say, try best feed her. And you're like, I'm holding my incision, trying to hold her, trying to throw up in a bucket in the hospital, come home, flash forward to, and that's considered trauma a couple of weeks later. And also knows just like, and very, very much same story. I love that purpose. I was like, can I get some more? They're like, no. And I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> and it started to go downhill from there. Ava also had colic and that was very tough to deal with. Ooh. My husband also had depression. So I just last week did a certification course from Postpartum Support International. Phenomenal. I'm so excited to be working with them and honored. And I realized what you said is true. Baby blues. That lasts two days to two weeks. Then there's antenatal depression, which I have, which is when the baby's in the, in the womb. Then you have postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. Then there's postpartum trust, like PTSD. And then there's OCD, which includes intrusive thoughts, which I had. And then there is uh, what is bipolar and postpartum psychosis. So what I recognize is I actually had four out of seven of these or four, five out of eight all going on at the same time. Wow. And back in 2008, all I would get told is, take her for a walk. And I'm like, I couldn't leave my house. It was the most horrific thing. Now they recognize one in five moms suffer from it. There, it's not socioeconomic. There is some to do with race, and it's more because they are not supported as much mm -hmm. in the African-American community, which I found out, which was like, wow because that speaks to how children are loved and cared for and how they grow up. And then also too, one in 10 men suffer from depression. They've lost their partner. 
what happened to their partner? And so they can go into a depression too, which actually happened with my husband. So I couldn't find resources. I thought I was crazy. My friends thought I was crazy. I thought I was losing my mind forever. Then a girlfriend gave me Brooke Shields book, Down Came the Rain. Great book. Great Great book. book. Yes. And I read it for the first time. I went, oh my God, I think this is what I have. And then I, once I could pinpoint it, I was able, for me, I took a holistic approach. I got on 5-HTP and uh, Meta EPO, rosehip oil, and it acted like a natural. Prozac took about two weeks. I'll never forget. I was in my kitchen opening my drawer and all of a sudden I looked out the window and I went, I think I'm okay. And it began healing from there. But I had this thought of why can't I find more information? And that's why I thought there needs to be a documentary on this. And that's how the idea was born. Wow, that's incredible. And so I have to tell you, you're absolutely right that nobody really talks about this. I had my daughter in 2007 and my son in 2010, and and it felt different. I felt guilty when I had my son that I was, you know, not giving my daughter enough attention because now I have this baby and everything. And so I was dealing with that. But also now my attention is spread among two children And my husband is kind of like, hello, Mm -hmm. hello, I'm over here. And I struggled with having to balance giving everyone attention, but no one really caring about what I needed. Exactly. And it was, it wasn't until I found the support of a mommy and me group um, run by Symphony. I mean, she's amazing. If anybody needs one, Um, she's just saved. She saved my life. She saved my marriage. She saved my children's life. Well, that's one. Oh, you should put that in the show notes. Absolutely. Well, well, it's called, um, parenting journeys, but when you are in the thick of it, when you're in, are you working at this time? Are you pursuing things as well? Yes. Try to hold on to like Tanya pre-mom. Yes. Yes. Oh no. Like I think it was eight days. in. I went to a Fred Siegel sale by myself. Because I just wanted to feel like me. But the hard part was I got there and I was miserable. It didn't feel the same because I was so guilty. I'd left my eight day old. Yeah. And so that's kind of what happened. Two months in, I did a movie and I remember dragging myself to the set, doing it. The Actually, that character worked for where I was at mentally anyways. So that was fine. But also too, like thinking, what am I doing? And so I went through a lot of that. I went back to work at six months And by then I was a little more able to balance it out, but then making the documentary, I was being interviewed as an actor by Jamie Lynn Littman, who's an amazing director for uh, for an acting documentary called Die Trying. And I was like, she's my person. She's my director. And so I told her about, she was a new mom, didn't have postpartum depression, but same thing. We posted on a mommy board and within 24 hours, we had over 100 responses of women saying, I'll give my testimony. And so I, people don't realize how hard it is. And and God forbid you talk about it because you got that mommy on Instagram who's like, everything's perfect. And then you feel like, oh my God, what's wrong with me that I'm not feeling the way they're feeling. And as you and I both know, Instagram, it's a wonderful tool, but it's not reality for who we all really are. You don't want to see a picture of me at my worst moment on Instagram. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's so, what people get caught in the trap and whether it be social media or even friend circles, it's very tough to have a safe space to be able to say, I wanted to do this to my child or I, I don't, I don't want to be here. I don't want to feel this. 
And that's where I really realized doing the public speaking and coaching and speaking to new moms, how I, I, every mom, like, and I, that's my first question. How are you? And I can't help you how many moms are like, Oh, thank you for asking. Right. So the documentary led you into your coaching. Um, it did. And, and tell me like, what is someone feeling? What is your ideal client feeling before they're like, I need Tanya. So their pain point, I would say, um, is that they are, they're feeling really scared and really lost and very alone. Everything you and I just spoke about, they're feeling like sometimes it's much easier and safer to go to someone who you do not know because you know how it is when you share your deepest, darkest, sometimes with people, you know, as much as they go, Oh, honey, honey, then you start spinning going, are they going to tell all my other friends? Are they talking about me? And I went through that and it is a horrible feeling. So it's very important, whether it be a therapist, depending on the level of what you're dealing with too, right? If you're really feeling like you don't want to be here or you want to harm your baby, then immediately go to a doctor, get blood work taken. It could be hormonal. And it could be as simple as getting on some medication. And I am all for anything it takes to get you back to a better place. If it's more just, I'm struggling, I don't know how to balance work and life and I'm just being this new mom and my social circle, and I'm falling apart at the seams, call me, come to me, message me. I am here for you and I can help you with all of it because I've lived it. Also do too, just to back up momentarily, our documentary, which I co-created with Jamie Lynn Littman, Lindsay Gerst and Brooke Shields narrated it and executive produced it with Lindsay Gerst is now available in 70 countries and six languages. And it is called When the Bow Breaks, a documentary about postpartum depression. So it's available on um, Amazon Prime and iTunes or you can go to our website, whenthebowbreaksfilm.com and order a copy. I will say trigger warning. There are some things in there that are hard to watch because we cover all aspects of the perinatal mood disorders, but it is a phenomenally informative documentary for families, for husbands trying to navigate what's going on with my wife. And it's helped a lot of people. And I'm, I'm very proud of it. It's so, it's so impressive. And I have, I wish I would have saw it when I, in 2007, you know, but I'll definitely put it in the show notes. So every mom, uh, everyone considering motherhood can, can really feel like it's okay. It, you normalize postpartum, which is so rare. And I'm unbelievably grateful for that. Anyone listening to this should know that postpartum is, is, completely normal. It's something that happens. You don't need to feel like you failed at a mom two weeks in, you know, because I did, I was like, I suck at this. Uh You know, I cry when I have to breastfeed. I'm failing already. And I'm only three weeks in like, what's the deal? Um, so it's, it, you, you provide this kind of like lifeboat, like here, let me give you. And it's so, so powerful. And you also became a mom later in life. Yeah, yeah, which I, yeah, which I think a lot of women, there's a lot of stigma behind that and everything. There's a lot of like, but, and I don't know the statistics behind it or anything, but I feel like there are a lot of moms who are having children later in life and they need their community. They need their group. It's not just the 28 year olds, nothing to say that's wrong with that, but y'all right. got plenty of support. Yes. But once you hit 40, 
the mom pool of support with newborns is a desert. You know, that's a very valid point because I actually was one of the older friends in my group. I was the first one to have a baby. None of my friends had babies yet. And so I felt very desperately alone. I also have no siblings. My mom at the time, God bless her, rest her soul, lived up north. And my husband worked in a corporate job and was gone every day. And I'm a very, I'm like you, Carrie, I'm very social. I look forward yeah. to getting together and, and going out and doing things. Going like, out. Yeah. yeah. And even yeah. if it was work, I have wonderful clients. Hey, how are you doing today? Blah, blah. Now I'm just home and my baby's crying. Yeah. And she doesn't eat a lot. And she wakes up all the time and she cries and I can't feed her a lot because I'm not producing enough. And milk. it's the same thing every day. And you think it is permanent. You think this is never going to be any different. Here's an interesting fact too. Makes so much sense. When COVID first happened, if you suffered postpartum depression of any form, you may have thought the world was ending and gone back into that depression because all of us, let's face it, on the planet right now are dealing with some form of PTSD. So when this hit, it's kind of like that whole thing of like, you cannot see anyone. You are on your own. You have to isolate. And unless you had a little tiny family or partner or anyone to be with, you're on your own. Very similar to what you experience when you first have a child. 100%. I feel this. And you feel like you're the only one going through it. Yes, you do. Yeah. You feel very isolated, like no one else is going through this. As you go to the doctor's appointment, they're telling you, your baby's fine. It's thriving. And you're like, but I feel like shit. And okay. they're not asking you, how are you doing? No. And that is one of my goals. And you watch my goal. I will get it mandated that every mom has to be screened. In my lifetime, I'm going to make this happen. It's so important. And I'm saying it out loud to challenge myself because I want to see that. I love that, Tanya. I love that. I think that's great. So tell us about your coaching. Um, so the people know, like, what what is the, now I know I'm a woman who's suffering from postpartum or suffering from the yuckiness of whatever I'm feeling. I can't identify myself. I'm working with you. What is it a one-on-one? -on -one? Is it a group? Is it a year long? What, tell me about the coaching that you do. Usually I like to start one-on-one -on -one because I need it to be a very safe space. And I, it's very important that everyone feels that. So what I do is I have a discovery questionnaire that I send out that, and it, it's funny because people don't always answer all of them because they think, I can't put that down on paper and I totally respect that, but I can get an idea of where are your pain points? What are you, what are, where can I really be of service to you? And then it, it can, you can do a one hour, you can do four, you can do whatever I'm here for you, whatever. So it's works customizable. Absolutely. Brilliant. Absolutely. And I'm very, I mean, I've had moms called me from being locked inside a bathroom, a public bathroom in a stall, hysterically sobbing, I can't leave right now. And I'm like, let's talk about this and it, breaking them down and finding out like, I totally understand all of it. There is zero judgment. I just want to help. And so we work through different things. And also too, what's very important is I get a lot, most people who go through this, this is not the first incident. There's usually some pain. There's a story. There's something from childhood. There's something they've experienced it is also a trigger for a very old feeling. So what I also like to work with is what's your story? Tell me about you where, and it's amazing how attached we get to our stories, good and bad. And that story, just that defines us. And we can't do this because that's our story. 
And when I can, I'm able, it's what we don't know. We don't know. So when I'm able to hold that up and say, this is no longer you, you do not have to hang on to this anymore. And I can always tell, and I'll say, I'm going to say this to you. If I'm accurate, it's going to hit you. If I'm not, you're going to be like, you yeah, know, and I can't tell you most of the time. And that's where the intuition comes in where someone is like sobbing because they realize, oh my gosh, that is what it is. Yeah. You're and- very intuitive, Tanya. I've always, yeah, you're very, very intuitive. Um, well, I think that's, yeah. And it's also your, you become that mirror of the, the, we have this version of ourselves. We think we are, but mm-hmm. you're the one that says, here's the mirror. And like, no, you're not seeing this, 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 and this that's actually good. Or it's actually the beauty of who yeah, you are. So you don't see that when you're going through postpartum. You don't um, see it as a new mom or second time mom or third time mom. All you can see is this little thing that's like, eh. <laughs> oh my gosh, totally, totally. And you know, I have a, I'm very blessed. I have a very strong faith in God. Not that that's, you know, it never even really even comes up necessarily unless someone wants it to. But I do feel, I feel like we all do have gifts and I'm very grateful. I, I just want to be of support and help moms know and women like you are amazing. All the people you and I both know. I look at someone like a Liz Waddock and I'm like, I couldn't do what she does. I look at a Gwendolyn Osborne. I couldn't do what she does. Like, I'm so blown away by the magnitude of the, the blessings that each human being is. So I have no interest in doing anything other than helping you get back to that and also, too, going through these tough times, that's what truly defines us. We came here to learn. We didn't just come here to have it easy and have a party. But my greatest strengths have come from my greatest pain. And I can stand here today and be proud of that, where before I was shamed by it. Sure. Sure. And honestly, I think the normalization of it, it really needs to come from the healthcare industry. Like, just like you have to have prenatal and getting pregnant, then you're pregnant. Why isn't there this end? Like here's your postpartum buddy and it's time. And she's going to help it. You know, we don't have that. No. It's always just like, get the baby out, make it safe. It's breathing. It's okay. Here's the baby. Bye. Bye. We never see you again. We need a Tanya to leave the hospital with us. It's very true. And to do like maybe a four week postpartum thing, you know, yes. something where you, and they do have it a little bit like with doulas and different things like that. But even I was supposed to have someone work with me and she had another client who had twins and they came early. She came one time. She's like, gotta go. Got the <laughs> twins. And I'm like, wait, what? You're leaving? I got you once. And so I immediately felt this you know, and a night nurse is so bloody expensive. Yes. And, you know, unless you are in a very good financial position, who can do that? So you're right. There needs to be someone that's affordable, that can check on you, that you feel safe with. Mm-hmm. And that could just say, you are not alone. You are going to be okay. Yeah. You are going to heal. This is not forever. That's the, the biggest, I think the best thing you have said yet is it's not forever. This is just right now. You are not going to, and and when you're in it, you feel like this is my life now. Oh, you do. This this is it. Well, how many of us feel that way today with COVID? I'm like a hundred percent. I just heard with Maui, you can't go to Maui if you're not vaccinated. I have not gotten vaccinated yet because Mm -hmm. my past medical history. And I'm like, is this forever? Am I never going to be? I mean, but right. Those thoughts come in though. Hawaii's tourism is going to need Tanya. (laughs) I'm just saying they're going to get to a point where like, wait a minute, we need more tourists. 
just you wait. Um, well, you have shared so much valuable information. I want to know how any woman listening to this who, who's considering pregnancy, who's pregnant or just had a baby and is like listening to this on the walk with the stroller, you know how you would do those things. Absolutely. Um, how can they find you? So probably the easiest way is my website, which is Tanya Newbold, N-E-W-B-O-U-L-D.com. On there, you can click on to Del Pozo Jewelry. You can click on to Spiritually Inspired Coaching. You can click on to When the Bow Breaks Film. You can really explore and learn. You can book a session with me. I'm here for you. And what I'd love to offer being here today is a complimentary 20-minute consultation for anyone who mentions the bra network and find out if I would be right for you and, and no harm, no foul. Everyone has to find what helps them. And if it's me, I would be honored to be of service to you. Oh, Tanya, thank you so much. I'm loving all of that. That's such a generous, generous gift. Um, and anyone listening, you need to do it (laughs) because Tanya (laughs) knows what's up. So before we wrap up, I always like to get carried away. About something that to do okay. your topic. Totally okay. different. So my first question is, COVID ends tomorrow. Everything's free and clear, and you could travel anywhere in the world. Where would you go? Tahiti, and I'll tell you why. Please. I want to go pearl diving for my jewelry. Oh! And, yes, and I've been to Tahiti, and it's magical. But right now, after being cooped up for a year and a half, can't, can we just go to Bora Bora? And we're on the overwater bungalow and you and I are toasting as we're looking out over that crystal blue ocean. And then I'm going to dive in and find me a pearl. I'm in, you know, I went to Morea, which is a small island off of Tahiti for my college graduation and had the best time in Tahiti. We were in the island of Morea, which is off of Tahiti. So beautiful. I've been there. So beautiful. It's so so beautiful. beautiful. It's so funny. You said that I got to go look for those photos. That was like (laughs) pop up 2019 something. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Love Tahiti. Tahiti. Just a few years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what have you been keeping yourself busy with? You know, we've been stuck in quarantine. Have you been making jewelry the whole time? Have you been listening to podcasts? reading books? Are you baking? What's been your COVID-like therapy during this? You know, kind of everything you mentioned, yes. And, um, but what I've really been using the time to do is write my memoir on my experience with postpartum depression. So I'm two thirds of the way through and um, working again on the public speaking and coaching. I've kind of incorporated all that, but the memoir is, it's going to be done. I'm also designing a piece of jewelry specific for postpartum depression. I love this. Loved it. So you have to come back when the book is live. I would do a little, we'll have a little launch talking about it. Love it. Congratulations. Keep writing. People need to hear your story. So I'm so glad you're shining a light on this topic that feels very, very much in the dark or very much in the shadows or in a vault. Like we don't talk about that. And we also don't talk about infertility. Like the two things, you know, we talk about pregnancy and having the baby, but there's not a lot on the bookend. So I'm glad you're, you're exposing that and making, normalizing it. So, so yay. Okay. So my last question is always, um, three things, two of three things you can't stand, but people get so completely carried away about they're obsessed about it. For example, I have never understood how anyone could watch game of Thrones. Couldn't get into it. Not my jam. Nor do I understand how anyone can get on a cruise ship. That terrifies me. 
<laughs> completely terrifies me. Game of Thrones oh on a cruise. I'm done. You're done. You're I'm done. done. Um, I will tell you, SpongeBob. Oh. Never got it. The voice, everything. My daughter went through a phase, and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> crazy. Can I go crazy. Uh, that would definitely be one. Um, Burger King. I think it's disgusting and gross. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many other better fast food yes. places. I am 100%. just saying. Uh, and then the third one, whew, what would it be? I think um, like a, <laughs> this is going to sound very haughty of me, but like a TJ Maxx. And I know people love that, but I don't get it because their clothes aren't made that well. <laughs> yeah, it's, fast, it's fast fashion, right? It's so fast it's, fashion, but like, yeah, I love quality. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should. You don't have to buy it as often if you're buying, buying quality clothes. If you're buying yeah. fast fashion, there's a reason why you're buying it every three months. There you go. That's it. <laughs> so, I love it, Tanya. Well, thank you so much for being here and being my guest and sharing your expertise. And I, I really, really encourage every woman who's feeling a little yucky mm-hmm. that it's, it's okay. And to seek out someone like Tanya or anyone who can support you in, in being the best mom you can be, because it, it literally takes a village. I'm not it joking. truly does. And I, I'm right there with you. And I agree with that. And even dads, uh, it, you know, it's hard on moms too, when the dads disconnect. So if there's men out there that are feeling like, I don't know how to navigate this new normal with a baby and my wife, I can help you with that as well. Yeah. So I am here for anyone, anytime. And Carrie, it's been such an honor. And ladies, check out the Bra Network if you're not familiar with it, because you need to be a part of it. We need you. Yeah. And buy something shiny too, because your necklaces are gorgeous. They're my favorite. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining me and getting carried away. I'm your host, Carrie Murray, founder of the Bra Network, Bra Business Relationship Alliance. We are a network of female entrepreneurs that lift and support each other. If you're a female entrepreneur looking for community, collaboration, and all kinds of fun, head over to bra-network.com and check out our membership. Hope to see you there.